everybody, I'm Tim and welcome to Cigars Daily Live, coming to you from sunny Phoenix, Arizona with a gangbusters episode, something I've been looking forward to for a while because here on Cigars Daily Live, we talk about a lot of cool stuff, cigar culture, the cool new things that are coming out and like all the little like minutiae details that you want to know, even like, especially if you're just first getting into cigars, but tonight we're going to go south of the border. Ooh. We're going to talk about how cigars are made in a cigar factory. This yes, is sir. your chance to drop your questions, drop your comments, and get them answered from a guy who's been once and knows a little bit about how this is done, but doesn't own a factory himself. But truthfully, this is something I'm so intrigued about, about the cigar world. That's why I wanted to share it with you guys. And of course, the way that this show works is my name is Tim, and I'm the host of this show, but all of you watching at home, you're the co-host. So drop your comments, drop your questions. They will drive the episode. And this one is made even more special. So first of all, behind the ca camera, helping me out is Billy the Kid and no nickname Terrence. Howdy, still howdy. Does not there have is. A it's just not YouTube. Oh, friendly. it's not YouTube. I, I will not yeah. claim that nickname, Billy. I, will, I won't accept it. I will <laughs> oh, it's not stuck. Accept it. it is not stuck. No. On the schedule, it isn't. I think there. everyone should have to agree on their own nickname. Hey, real quick, Tim. Yeah. Didn't you have something you needed to announce? Ooh, yeah. Something happening in about two weeks. Two weeks? Three I weeks? I do. And I'm going to announce it. And okay. I appreciate you calling me down to make mm, sure that I do. I will. It did look like I was going to forget, didn't it? It, it did. But not did. before I announce our special guest for tonight. Oh, hey. And that's true. Hanging out with us. So first of all, before you put the camera on the guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, you guys know there's a lot of amazing places online to get together and commune. Take communion of the leaf. Ooh. Ooh. communion of the leaf we should patent that i'm literally looking at him we're going to share that all right there's a lot of great groups to join online with amazing people who know a lot about cigars and are great to hang out with the cigars daily nation facebook group is one of those and uh there's another one though one that i respect and that is the oak Glen tobacconist cigar society mm -hmm. now the name itself is a bit of a mouthful but the guy is amazing. So this is cool. Eric Drazen, and he Woo! runs Oakland Back in Cigar Society. Yes, so sir. he's joining us tonight. You guys can find him and uh, and the whole society and the whole community on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all of them. Tinder, TikTok. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna be like try to match the the energy of Tim. I don't think it's gonna happen. Don't do so, that. Yeah, don't no, try, don't do, we, we all gave yourself, up, man. But it no, he's a lot to have me on. So thank you so much. Dude, we, I'm, I'm excited to have him here because he has got such a wealth of knowledge and like the passion for the passion. He carries that with him everywhere he goes and it shows up in his content. So he'll be a part of the conversation tonight. He'll chime in throughout. And if you're not a member of the Oakland Tobacconist Cigar Society, maybe you should think about doing it. Now, big announcement coming down the pipes here. Uh, we're going to do something. I, you know what? Can I take a few comments first? Can we bring in the co-host of this yeah. show? Yeah. The audience. Yeah. Let's just see what people You're are You're killing everybody with the suspense. I know. Ooh. I know. It's very suspenseful. Ooh. And now I'm going to forget. Billy's going to have to remind me again. Oh, I'll remember. <laughs> All right. Let's see. First comment of the night coming our way. This one's from Cody Cleghorn. I don't trust my palette enough to waste a league yet. Would like to get a lot more under my belt first so that i can appreciate it when i do leave this comment up for just a second cody this is a comment i respect so much because the, so many people jump into premium cigars i see this and they're looking for the thing or they start following the hype right away right Ooh, yep. they look at the top 25 list they look at what's highly rated and they're like this must be what's good but truly 
the hype doesn't always determine what's good, and especially what's good for your palate. And I think that there's a critical point if you're just getting into cigars about understanding that your palate does need a little work. It does need a little bit of time to develop. And so, yeah, waiting to get into some of those finer, high-end things is always a good idea. The two best examples I can think of this is everyone I knew in high school whose parents bought them a brand new car when they turned 16 crashed that car. Yep. All of them like without fail. And everybody who got like, for me, I drove a 1996 Kia Sophia. Man, that I think that car was cool. And it was not. It was definitely a girl's car. This pedals were really thin. It's that getting, car anyway. was older than me, Tim. That's right. And and the, here's the other side of it. When I, when, so I do music. When I look for a new musical instrument to learn, I always buy the cheapest one I can find because I know I got to learn it before I can play it. So Cody, good on you. And uh, as you get into this and you refine your palate, you'll find your way into those higher end cigars and a much, much bigger appreciation for them. And so, yes, work your way through it. Find your find the one that ignites your soul and then look for one better than that. That's the thing I tell everybody when they come in here and they're like, yeah, I just got into cigars like two months ago. And I'm like, the, that's great. This is the best base, place to be in your cigar journey because every amazing cigar you've ever had is still ahead of you. Well, yes. and a lot of that is not to say like one palate's better than the, because every palate is, is equal. Yes. But a lot of that has to do with your preference is going to be different than a lot of people. So if someone tries to say a Maduro and their palate is geared to more smooth, mild, and they get a pepper bomb, they're going to be like, oh yeah, it was a bad cigar. So Absolutely. it's those, yeah, multiple experiences to help find that palate. Yeah. Sure. Yes. All right. Good. Uh, Jesse Grindstaff. My first car was a 99 Kia Sophia five speed. Yes, dude. Ooh. The five speed. <laughs> Mine said RS on it, which stood for rally sport, which I thought it meant was an off-road vehicle. That's not what it meant. Oh, In yeah. Fact, no. finally, <laughs> no. When I finally brought it to the mechanic, he was like, there's five things wrong with this car. And any one of them should have caused it to stop working. I don't know how you damaged <laughs> this vehicle this badly. But uh, yeah, okay. Is that Fantastic. like, what do we say before? Brothers of the Leaf? or Communion of the Leaf. Is that like communion of the Sophia? Yes. Is that what yes. Him and the I sisterhood just had this of the very Sophia. intimate connection. <laughs> Those Kia Sophias, man. All right, I want to keep cruising. Give me one or two more comments, and I got to make a big announcement. We're going to change the foundations of this show for the rest of time. Ooh. All right. Was that weighty enough? Yeah, I think so. I thought that was pretty so. good. All right. Yeah. Jesus says, what makes a cigar expand, puff up, split, and lose some of the wrapper? Uh, this is a great question. So there's, I like most things, there is a multi-factor situation. Um. What I think is this, and this is just what I think. And if Steve Saka was sitting right here, he'd probably tell me what an idiot I am. <laughs> but uh, but here's what here's what I see. This happens in Arizona a lot. People go into a cigar shop, they walk into the humidor, they look around, they pick a good cigar. Then they want to go sit on the on the lanai to smoke it outside, right on the patio. Yep. And here, the air outdoor is pretty damn dry. Mm -hmm. And so when you're talking about leaves, just rolled up layers of leaves. You've got layers of humidified leaves and leaves, as you know, is that when they dry up, they sort of start to shrivel. And so if that wrapper leaf on the outside is drying up at a faster rate than the binder and fillers underneath, then it may start to shrink and constrict. It may look like that that filler leaf in the binder is expanding. And maybe so as you heat it up, it's certainly going to open up the pores and start to release more of that humidity. So if the wrapper leaf is drying and those things are kind of gaining heat and expanding, then all of a sudden your wrapper leaf explodes off the cigar. That's the best 
sort of example that I've got from what I see. And that's just around people trying to light up a cigar outside here. And I've heard about that from other parts of the country as well. I would, I would expect that if you're in somewhere where it's very wet, like North Carolina or something like that, you might not have an issue with the wrapper exploding off the cigar, maybe as much as you might have an issue with cigars, maybe not wanting to stay lit. If the humidity is 13 billion percent outside. Can I touch on that real fast? Please touch it as much as you can. I nerded out and bought a weather station for my house. Oh my okay. God. I put it up on my roof and my wife, who's probably watching right now, will probably comment in. And she's been making fun of me because I like go <laughs> detail what that day was so I can track it over time. Anyways, today when I left, the humidity outside was 7%. Ooh. 7 That's why I sweated Arizona. so much today, man. Yeah. Ooh, it was so brutal. when you take it from 60 to 70 percent humidity that's why you got to dry box it or let it rest outside for yeah there's people who call now and they're like where the hell is my dry boxing video because i have promised and not delivered on a dry boxing video and one cigar that you'd want to know about if you're looking for something new if you're growing your palate or looking for that right humidity to smoke at you want to get something that's just come out especially something that's not like the ultra top end top tier cigar. But that's the lineup for tonight's episode. One cigar that just hit the market that hits at the core of what this episode's about, how cigars are made in the factory. We're talking about Camacho's brand new factory unleashed three. Yes, sir. In my mind, it was like, don't call it factory smokes. Don't call it factory smokes. (laughs) Uh, The factory unleashed three from Camacho is their third installment. Piece of information you probably didn't know. And it's a Maduro. I got to tell you guys about this, just a brief story. So I had, I had my Camacho person come in and she's like, Hey, you should try the new Unleashed three. It's coming out later this year. And I was like, Oh, thank God a new Camacho. Cause there, there's not a lot of those these days. And so, uh, I started smoking it and I was like, you know what? Like in all truth, this is not a great cigar. And it was a sample. It was a rep sample, okay. which are, I mean, okay. you've had rep samples before. What yeah. is your experience like with those, Eric? Um, it all depends on, I mean, we're, we're at a high elevation, so that really changes the experience from when oh, you're going to yeah. smoke it at low elevation. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes they're a little over humidified or they've been in some travel case humidor inside the trunk of a car yep. over many, many miles. So yeah, it's probably not the best situation. Let it acclimate. Yeah. It's probably not going to represent the brand the best. And I'm terrible at that because I'm like cart before the horse guy. So I smoked the Unleashed 3 and I was just kind of like, all right. And then I ordered it based on that. So I didn't get a ton of them. Mm-mm. And then they arrived and I lit one up right as soon as they got here. Cause I, cause I always do that. As soon as some, something arrives, I'm like cracking it open and getting into one like a kid in a candy shop. And I was like blown away this rich, sweet, chocolatey, not infused, not sweet tip or anything, just naturally sweet from the wrapper, really chocolatey, quite robust flavor. In my opinion, at this point, the Unleashed 3 is the best of the Unleashed series. And of course, you guys can learn more about this one on CigarsDailyPlus.com, where we will be going for the after party and make sure that you take advantage of the super secret code when you learn about it unleash two five uh because it's the only way you're going to find that kind of special extra value on this cigar nobody's gonna be putting them out like that okay so check that out i actually have a question so yeah. this is actually the first unleash that i have smoked uh and i noticed it's a shaggy foot is that all the unleashed line yes, yes. the okay. whole unleashed line is shaggy footed cigars and so i got one right here that Leighton got me before the show And so you guys can see that this should be pretty easy to see on your screen. You've got the nice dark Maduro wrapper covering most of the cigar. But right here at the foot, that wrapper leaf doesn't extend all the way to the bottom. What you're seeing here, this lighter colored leaf is binder. 
and filler inside of that. And so the idea with the Shaggy Foot Cigar, as a lot of you already know, is that it's it gives you the, the influence of the filler in the binder. You get to get that sort of the nuts and bolts of the flavor and then see what the wrapper adds. This is the kind of thing that you'd want to get on a cigar where the wrapper adds, I think, something very special to the blend. Because truthfully, I was talking with Saka about this this week when I called him because I wanted to make sure I didn't say anything stupid or wrong during my Stillwell Star <laughs> review, because he'd call me and he'd be like, Tim, what the hell? But no, he, he's just such a font of information. And I and we were talking about the contribution of wrapper leaf to the flavor. And and what he told me, not a fan of the Shaggy Foot from Gregory Van Hootsier. And yeah, and and yeah, for what, uh, put why, Gregory? Why are you not a fan of the Shaggy Foot? But Steve said, he's like, not every cigar gets most of its flavor from the wrapper leaf. With some okay. cigars, you'll find that the binder or even the filler leaves actually contribute more to the flavor than the wrapper leaf. And the mm -hmm. Stillwell Star, he said, was a great example of that. Ecuador Habano wrapper. And and at the same time, it that wrapper doesn't give it the character of the flavor. It's a lot of the pipe stuff, those you know, naval rations and the Latakia and all the stuff that's in the actual filler of the blend makes that cigar what it is. So fascinating stuff. Yeah, interesting. Stuff I want to dive into. Tim, more. I want to jump in on the cigar. I think mm. I want to. I'm, I'm about time. It's time that I give it a stamp of approval. I'm not Ooh. gonna say. I'm not gonna say it's over the El Rey de Mundo as like a go-to stick. But so far in 2023, this is my personal stick of the year. Does this the get Camacho. the triple T stamp? It does. No, it doesn't get the. Triple it gets the T stamp, stamp but it ain't getting stamp. no triple T. Stamp. Not the triple T. Stamp. It's not a Lancero. Everybody's gonna be wondering what the hell triple T is, and I got. I got to tell you, we will never say it. On, well, we will never say it. But yes, <laughs> my personal cigar of the year. I love this stick. All it, right. It is. It blows my mind. All right. Now I want to grab some more comments from you guys, but I got to make an announcement so that, so that everybody knows what's going on. I'm going to announce this this week during the show and next week and I'll have some short form content on it. Uh, for the last four years, four plus years, we've been doing cigars daily live on Sunday nights and uh, you know, we've moved them occasionally for holidays, but this has been our time to hang out together and smoke cigars. It's like one of the best times of the week. And uh, I look forward to this because it gives me a chance to sit down and talk with you guys. I spend a lot of time at the week on my computer and like man like managing around the HQ along with side gym. But also Cigars Daily Live on Sunday night means that I don't get to spend a ton of time with my family on Sundays. And so we're kind of looking at how do we continue to serve the Cigars Daily Nation and create the space for us to share our community together. And like at some point I get to like hang out with my kids, too. And so I did a poll this week in the Cigars Daily Nation Facebook group to ask people when would be a, a better time than Sunday nights or if Sunday nights is not going to be a thing anymore, when would be the best time? 70% of people said that they wanted Monday night and Monday night seems to work the best here at the shop for us as well. So that was a really nice little instance, but I'll tell you guys, here's what we're going to do this week. And next week, we're going to continue doing cigars daily live on Sunday nights, but the following week, and I pulled my calendar up here, the following week, which would be the 14th of May, is actually Mother's Day. There won't be a Cigars Daily Live that week. We're going to move it to the 15th, which is a Monday. And after that, we're going to continue doing Cigars Daily Live on Monday nights. That will be the new time slot for this show. It'll be the same time of the day. So, you know, it started whatever time it is for you, 16 minutes ago. That's our time slot. And we'll continue doing the show every single week and bring you guys more of the best damn cigar content online. But I want to make sure to give that some space. And if there's any questions about it, we'll answer those too. I feel like you could do some serious clickbait and be like, Cigars Daily Live is ending. 
on Sunday nights and movies. <laughs> on Sunday Monday. nights forever. Yeah. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. No. Maybe longer. that'll be the episode. The last Cigars Daily Live. Grevlin says, I like it. Thank you, Grevlin. Monday night at Cigars Daily. Thank you, Cigar Socks. People were like, what about Monday night football? Are you going to try to compete with Monday night football? Well, I was like, we compete with Sunday, Sunday night, night football. football. Yeah. Right. There's also Saturday and Thursday. Like, yeah, we can't always. Yeah. Robert. Oh, uh, sorry. I didn't read Roberts. Monday night is great. Like Monday night football. LOL. Yeah, there, there you go. Mondays are my day off. See, fantastic. Look how splendiferously this works for everybody. Wonderful. And it means on Sundays, I'll be able to do stuff like take my family out and go eat. And like, usually at two o'clock, I got to be like, all right, guys, I got to head over to the shop. So this Wait, nice are you now. saying then like you're trying to have a life? like how is that a dare thing? you a life outside of cigars yeah what? what yeah like ideally just like you know when my, my son's not startled when i'm walking around the house who is that stranger and that's not what he does <laughs> truthfully outside of, outside of this place like i spend time with allison and my kids like that's literally it's like cigars daily and that which is great but i want more time for that because it's yeah. such a valuable part of my life like jim texted me the other day and he was like dude He's like, now that you're going to be moving the show, we could like have barbecues at my house and like use my pool and you could bring the Silas over and stuff. And I was like, see, like, that's what we want to be doing. And then I don't have to bounce and and uh, leave the family events. John B says, finally, a reason to like Mondays. There you go. Because I'm basically the guy version of that Monday's chick from Office Space. <laughs> like, I'm always like, hey, everybody, what's happening? Welcome to Cigars Daily Live on Monday. All right. A uh, viewer did find a solution to keeping it Sunday nights, though. Oh, good. I appreciate that. Bring the family <laughs> to the show. You know what? Silas's are only 10. Thank you, Sean. That's a great idea. Mine are four only and 10, six. But... That'll be great. Yeah, he'd be he'd make a good third chair, wouldn't he? There you go. There you go. <laughs> Have your barbecue hosted here. And then That's you can, right. Like, review the barbecue. <laughs> Just do the do the show while everybody eats you know, in the lounge. All right. Uh, let's keep getting some comments guys, drop your cigar comments and questions. We got a lot to talk about tonight. There's plenty to go through. And, uh, I want to make sure to get into how cigars are made in the factory. If you have questions about that, throw them down in the comments. I'm going to drink this energy drink right here and smoke my cigar. Something that I used to berate people for online as like, how could you have no sense of taste? If you, you used do to that? like harass people. about. I that. used to harass yeah. people about it. Yeah. But are we sponsored by C4 yet? Are we? No, no. C4 is still not paying us. But they make the can so that in order to set it down so that the drink part is facing my mouth. The, they must be run by a group of millennials. that figured They that must. Be. <laughs> All right. Let's keep going. All right. You haven't had this question in a hot minute. So hot minute. Alexander Delpiflar says Del Pillar. Uh, does anyone know what ashtray Tim is using? I do. Uh, okay. So this is a. You know, for a guy who product placement means a lot, I mean, this is not a great thing. <laughs> I've been using this one for so long. I just keep using it. Placencia cigars used to have their box lids were ashtrays. They were these really big, heavy ashtrays. There's actually a pewter plate in the middle here. And they stopped doing it, presumably because it's completely not feasible and like logistically a nightmare and it throws off the weight of their boxes and everything. So they just started making the boxes without the ashtray lid. But that's what it is. It's something they used to make that they don't anymore. Can I just say that for one person, it's OK, but for more than one person, it's not a good ashtray to use because yeah. it's not very deep well it also you can see here that because of the it's just basically painted wooden lacquer like anywhere where the embers touch on the cigar it actually burns the paint yep we which got it is over probably too. yeah probably not good in more ways than one all right give me another comment and let's keep cruising with the episode we got plenty more to do i even got some pictures from the factory 
we have that time of the night where we have a humidor question. Woo, humidor. humidor question. Humidors. Little Spence. My cigars are in a brilliant container with a 65% above it. I'm in northern Illinois, so wild temp and humidity fluctuations. Uh, my last three cigars have cracked when I cut them. What the heck gives? So frustrating. All right. Hmm. Let's break this open. I can you you want to take a first crack at this? You gave me a like a almost hmm. like a squid word. Interesting. Interesting. Partly I wonder because we've dealt with this during the colder months, is I partly wonder what the temperature is. Um, because when you're applying a, a torch, so much like heat to something on the outside, cold air is fighting. And then if the cigar is having to like, if it's got draw issues and you're having to relight it a lot of time, you're reapplying that temperature to the cigar over and over and over that I've seen it sometimes crack. Um, that, that could be a situation too, of maybe it's a low humidity count within your humidor. Like maybe you need it up it a little bit, but it's hard because every, wherever you're at, that's going to of course be a factor. I think one of the biggest myths and Tim, I don't know if you have, kind of jumped on this too is the 70 70 rule yeah because not every cigar is required to be at 70 percent humidity and oftentimes mm -hmm. i find that to be too high of a humidity count so yes i think it really has to do with maybe the season what weather you're dealing with um maybe what elevation you're at that could play into it i also think that the temperature fluctuations sound like it could be a situation like if you're not using a like oh you said brilliance rubbermaid presumably in inside your house the temperature is pretty consistent so that mm -hmm. should keep your collection good. If you're going outside to smoke <clears throat> and it's been consistently very cold, yeah, like then maybe the cold is creating an issue. And I don't know if dry boxing would help. I mean, I don't know if you could throw it in a box and leave it outside for an hour before you light the thing up, but that would be something I would be trying. If it was me and I was in Illinois and I know I know it gets cold, cold, cold there, um, I would probably try that. I'd throw it in an empty cigar box or in another Tupperware and just leave the lid cracked open and just put it outside and leave it there for an hour and see if you get a different result when you light it up. Sometimes taking it from your sort of optimal humidified space to outside, it's like you're saying. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Give it a chance. Right. All right. Next one. Sorry, he's taking a drink. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually so many good comments tonight. There's so many. There is a lot. The next one right here is from Luke Martinez. Hey, Tim, watched your Deadwood Fat Bottom Betty. It was a good cigar, but I think the sweet tip was a little too strong. Is there a different kind of cut besides a flush cut to maybe minimize the sweet? Uh, I'd probably just take something wet and like try to wipe it off. If you mm -hmm. really enjoy the cigar and you want a little less sweetness, I would just like grab a sponge or a wet paper towel and just kind of like wipe the end off and see if you can get some of that stuff off. This is my big gripe about flavored and infused stuff. And I know a lot of people love it, but like I, I think that at its heart in the core of the cigar world, a lot of people are really like the thing we love about this other than the community and like, you know, learning about the art of it is the flavor that the seemingly endless number of different flavor profiles that you can find in premium cigars. It's incredible. And so like for me, anything that costs that, which can be an infusion, a sweet cap, a tight draw, a bad burn, like all of that stuff throws off the flavor and creates the same sort of frustrated feeling for me. That doesn't mean infused cigars are bad. Obviously they're a hugely important segment of the cigar market, but it really depends on where it lands with you. For that reason, for me, I'm always looking for, that cigar that where there's an infusion, but that infusion is 
what I would call fair. It's not overwhelming. Like the second the cigar touches your lips, your whole mouth gets coated with sweetness. And then I, like, I feel like that's all I can taste. And so, you know, wiping a little bit of that off. And I don't know if all the Deadwood cigars are equally as sweet tipped because truthfully, I haven't smoked all of them. Me <laughs> I smoked that one. I was like, wow, this is a lot of sweetness on the cap. This is not going to be my first thing to pick up. So maybe I do need to do a smoke down with those and see how different yeah, they are. I, I honestly think that Leather Rose is probably the sweetest. That's really? like for me, it's like turns my stomach too sweet. Yeah. It's like mm. wow. But I feel like if you want to go less like sharp sweet and more like cocoa sweet, sweet Jane kind of leans towards that. Yeah. Okay. It's a bit even okay. more mixed, I think. All right. Fantastic. Can we talk about that ash over there real Let's fast? Talk yeah, about look that at ash. That ash. Look at that, be wearing man. it here in a second. <laughs> I know you are. Yeah. I'm I'm like religiously knocking mine off. My keyboard and, and desk are all covered in ash. And when but, you take it to Apple, they're like, is this around any smoke? Nope. nope. No, no, not at <laughs> all. This thing's never seen smoke. Now, do you get ash on yourself all the time while you're working? I would say it's probably every day. <laughs> probably. Oh, okay. So not that often. That's yeah. good. Okay. Yeah. No, but I mean, the burn on this, I, I mean, I got to give it high marks for the burn. Haven't touched it up once. People make fun of me at the shop all the time because they're like, you're always touching it up. It's like barely. Do you obsessively touch up you the burn to on touch. your cigar? I do. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's, 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 a, it's a problem. I go through. <laughs> I, I estimate that I probably go through more gas, like butane personally, than probably our lounge does. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's like, I just always, I'm always filling my lighter mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you can, I mean, you, there's tricks. People are like, well, you got to rotate it. You got to hold it upside down. You got to be doing a stand, a handstand while you're doing it to like make it even out. But honestly, it's just like, eh, just touch it up. Yeah. Just touch it up. Just keep Get it perfect. It. Why yeah. wouldn't it just be perfect all the time? Just keep it that way. All right. Line, uh, Lynn, sorry, Lynn. <laughs> line, 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 line. Lynn Donovan says, is it wrong that the hubster and I play a game to see who gets the longest ash before it falls or we chicken out and knock it off? Well, first of all, it's not wrong. I think that's one of the most fantastic things I've ever heard. Can we heard. talk about like everyone's always trying to get their spouse involved? And yeah. Smoking. Yeah. And, like, like, there, there you go. go. There like, and if there's awesome one thing that there's not enough of in marriage, it's competition. Mm. And so <laughs> I think that if all of our marriages had more competition in them, just all of our relationships in general, <laughs> they would be better. I mean, it's, it's a all, bonding experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's always good when I'm trying to destroy my wife at something that we're doing together. That's like, that's when I find it. Yes. No, uh, that sounds fantastic. I think, you know, I've, I've met a lot of couples that do cigars together. I, it's like a privilege that some of them watch this show is sort of their date night. Um, Julie and John Flora are, are usually on here. And like, that's so cool to me because Allison and I do that, but I know not a lot of people get to do that. Not enough people. Hey. Yeah. Julie Flora is on. She says cold and windy in Wisconsin. So John and I and our two sons and Maverick, the dog are smoking out sticks in the heated Eskimo on our back porch. They See, got a Julie brought her family to Sunday night. She brought her family to <laughs> hashtag night. cigar tents to win. Let's go. <laughs> She's got more balls than I do. All right. That's good. Thank you, Julie. I appreciate it. <laughs> and our whole family's like, yep, she does. All right. Uh, I'll give you some more comments, Billy, and then we'll keep cruising with how cigars are made in the factory. Sean Farrell says, how far do you smoke a stick past the wrapper? I think what he means is the is the actual band on the cigar here. And uh, I'm going to pull the room. So everybody here smokes sort of at different levels. Uh, you know, I smoke five or six cigars a day. How many cigars a day about do you smoke? Well, around three. Probably around three, three cigars a day. And then Billy smokes daily, probably about daily, thereabouts. Ish. Daily ish. ish. Yeah. And then Terrence usually gets in one or two a day. Uh, about four at the moment. Okay, yeah. good. That's <laughs> so we also That's work at a cigar. Yeah, yeah. So how, how far down do you guys smoke the cigar before you... 
put it down. If it's a good stick. So I was smoking over the weekend camping. I had a desert rose by Southern draw. Oh yeah. And I got that thing. I was like, I pinched a little bit of the wrapper just so I could keep, I mean, I had it at a half an inch, like just my lips were on there and I kept it going. So if it's a good stick, I'll bring it all down. If it's okay, I'll get, I don't know, an inch left. Yeah. I'd say I'd go until my, my, my lips and fingers are burning. Terrence I, is Terrence is typically pretty committed. I I'm I have a little <laughs> corn cob holder. I uh, shout out to Mike Rimmer. We call it producing it. I stab it in there so it doesn't spin, and then I just hold it up and I just at the I get to a point with certain sticks where I'm just not even touching it to my lips, and I'll just just trying to get the flavor out of it. I am a cheap person, so I will try to get as much <laughs> as I can out of all my sticks as possible. I love it. All right, and Eric. Um, I would say it's the same. Ooh, it's, ooh. it's definitely dubbing it. And we have a handful of people at our shop that similarly have the whole like, like skull and crossbones pick that they put in. Cause it's yeah, cool. the I bedazzled cool ones. One. I want a yeah, cool one so bad. The, the, the lady smokers will have something with like jewels on it and they'll do that. Yeah. Um, I heard about that. I even saw a video about like, you're supposed to stop at the band. So you're going to lose the entire third on factory Unleashed three. If you're going to do that, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's what it's intended to do at all. I would say if it's, good and it's smokable and you're making it just keep on going until it's gonna stop basically so the band is not the place you're supposed to stop smoking and in fact Leighton and i Leighton is here he's new on the staff and he's sitting in on the show tonight he's off camera and he doesn't have a mic but he's just kind of hanging with us but he, you were telling me about where the cigar ring came from which was based do you remember her name it was a queen of spain right i, I don't i think somewhere i was a queen of one of those european it's one of those European countries. Okay. And, um, they made it out of silk. Yeah, it was a silk ribbon that they would put on the cigars so that she didn't get the oils of the wrapper on her fingers. Huh. Yeah, she didn't want her fingers to be yellow. So that's where the band, the idea of the band comes from. And then Camacho saw that and they're like, we could make it seven times bigger. <laughs> and truthfully, as far as as far down as you want to smoke a cigar is as far down as you should smoke it. For right. me, I usually leave a couple inches left and I'll just and again, access is a big thing. I'll smoke until I'm like, I'm done with this until it doesn't hit me the way it was hitting me before. And so typically an inch, inch and a half, two inches left in a cigar. I usually put that about that much in my, in my, uh, ashtray. And then I move on to the next thing. And I, and I will typically smoke cigars back to back to back. Yeah. Layton. Layton says it gets really hot. Yeah, if it mm. heats up, then yeah. you're going to want to put the thing down. Can we talk real? A lot has to do with, I think, the way the blender intended it, too. Like Ooh, some cigars yes. towards the end get like sweeter or less peppery, while yep. some get really bitter depending on the placement of the leaf. Yep. Yeah. So some of them, it's like, well, yeah, I, I didn't finish it because it got so overbearingly strong or bitter. And then there's the pleasant ones. You're like, oh, man, this last third is my favorite part. So yep. yeah, it really depends on who you are and how you smoke it. I wanna, I'm going to grab a comment, Billy. P. Stanley says, that's why Tim keeps the band on. He's a queen. <laughs> Damn. Slay. Am I, am I on my slay? You need a pair of white gloves, like the gentleman's white Sorry. gloves. To hold your Shout cigars. out from San Antonio. Hey, Mr. Art. Yeah, I do. I could get me some white gloves. All right. Keep it going, Billy. All right. Kevin Reynolds says, I use a perfect draw to uh, hold a good stick. That's a good idea. That, that is a good, a idea. good idea. It doubles as a cigar poker. Although what Terrence mentioned is good. He uses the corn cob one because that's got the dual the dual prongs it don't stick spin. in the cigar so it doesn't spin. Mm-hmm. And with the there perfect you draw, you might have some issues with that. Well, I think on the perfect draw, you've got the prongs on the edge mm-hmm. that will probably keep it from spinning. Like it, oh, if you it's hold got the it, little, like the, the fish hook. The yeah, teeth. yeah, yeah. So if you yeah. hold it uh, horizontally, Where's, you can. There used to be a 
Jetline's coming out with a new lighter that has a pin know. in it. Jetline, yes, Jetline is. Cool. What is that one called? I, I Jetline just called me yesterday about it and was like, "Hey, we want to we want to ship these to you." And I said, "Don't don't ship them yet. <laughs> Wait." <laughs> All right, uh, let's get some more comments. It's everyone talking about. If you guys have questions about factory or house of cards, if you just don't wonder about that at all, it's fantastic. I can give you a brief presentation and that'll be the show. But about better says, uh, I even use a roach clip, which is great. There you go. Use what you got. And he's got a lot of roach clips laying around. About. There you he's go. like, where is another one of those roach <laughs> clips? I got one around me here somewhere. All right. Uh, Eric Brox Broxon says, <laughs> speaking of sweets, when will the obrigado be restocked? Please obrigado. end the obrigado. Look at that. That Look is well that. used. That is well. Thank you, Eric, with a Y. Um, when will the obrigado be restocked? At this point, you and I are in the same miserable boat together of not knowing the answer to that question. So uh, we've, we've talked about this a couple times on the show, but I'll just lay it out for you. And this really goes back to how cigars are made in the factory. You know, we're really proud of our factory. We think they do a sensational job. However, right now, there's so many steps to the process of making cigars. And that's what I kind of want to work our way into in a second. There's so many steps to the process. And in the midst of this time, it's weird because a few things are really off in the world. I don't know if anyone's noticed, <laughs> but some, some stuff's not going right. And like certainly supply chain is a word that we've all become intimately acquainted with. And oh, yeah. that is an issue right now. Transit and, and uh, transportation is incredibly expensive and even a little iffy as to how well it's working. But then even on the manufacturing side, before you even ship a cigar out, making cigars is harder and a lot more work than it used to be. It's already this massive process. It takes 300 sets of hands to make just one premium cigar. And these people work so hard, but Again, factories are having a hard time finding people uh, to roll. Nicaragua's lost 20% of its population to migration. Yeah. I'm just going to call it migration, I think. Yeah, that, that's, 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 that's a good word. Yeah, no, that's a good word. <laughs> and, uh, and then in the midst of that, smoking is up. Like cigar smokers are smoking more cigars than we were before 2020. And so like right now, demand is up. Supply is down a little bit. There's all kinds of supply chain issue. And that means longer production times for premium cigars uh, with a lot of stuff. Most factories are rolling their own stuff before they're rolling for, you know, the guy down the street. And so where I saw, you know, factory times being three months, to fill an order because they don't roll the cigars till you order them if you order directly from the factory. So that's typically about a three month period to get the cigars made, rolled, rested, and shipped. Right now, it's looking like almost double that. And so I mm. think that Obrigados could be a few months out at this point. Just saying, I mean, because American Viking is a great brand. Our shop carries them. We have like 10 singles available. Whoa. We're down to 10 singles. So. If you remember the Oakland Cigar Society, that would be an easy thing to find. Yes. <laughs> All right. Exactly. I appreciate that. Go look for those. Okay. Good um, let me grab one more comment. And then I want to talk about how cigars are made. This is such a special thing to me. Kevin grew. Hey man, good to see you. He says, Hey Tim, what pairs well with the box pressed rebellion? That's another American Viking blend. And this cigar right here is a dark Habano wrapper, uh, predominantly Nicaraguan box press cigar as the name implies. Mm hmm. And if I was going to pair something with that, let me get a, I'm going to go with a beer. I think any stout beer would pair really well with it. Yes. The thing about the box press rebellion is it's medium to medium plus in strength. So yeah. it's one of those cigars that's deceiving. If you looked at the cigar itself, it'd look like a Maduro like this one. And you'd be like, Oh, that's really strong, but it's really more medium and it's really more chocolatey. And so I would probably do that. 
maybe a bourbon that's not incredibly spicy. Definitely yeah. your your Dr. Pepper, your cream soda would yep. be stellar Ooh, pairings yes. for that cigar. So there's like a range of stuff in there. But I would definitely want to find something that that compares well with the chocolatiness of that cigar, but doesn't overwhelm the strength of the cigar. A lot of scotches and spicier bourbons would probably... Something like a sherry bottle. cask finish. Ooh, yeah. yeah. That, like like Belvany, like a Belvany, like yes. double cask yeah, or yeah. something like that. Mm -hmm. Cause they use a sherry cask for one of those. They do. Okay. I uh I pair mine. Usually I have uh, a couple bottles at home and I pair it pairs really well with basil Hayden's because it has basil that pepperiness. Hayden. Yeah. And then I also have uh Willet that goes really well. That's a weird shaped bottle, yes, but <laughs> it has a weird like I want to say like floral note kind of like mm. and that goes really well with that chocolate and it's almost like something mixing with the candela dude that's straight up go. okay uh i want one more comment i keep saying i'm going to get to this <laughs> how cigars are made but then i just want more comments our comments are great tonight man. they're you really good killing it tonight this is my this is going to be my new strategy when we go to monday nights put up like something really promising and then just never talk about it Eight, is 80 percent too humid waffles curry that sounds terrible Curry waffles. Uh, if you like curry, <laughs> if you like curry and waffles, uh, <laughs> let me see. I'm gonna set my band down right here. Um, is 80 percent too high? Yeah, for sure. Like it's really too high. In fact, uh, anything over probably 75, 76 percent is too high. You're you're at risk of mold. You're at risk of your tobacco bloom. beetles. It's the bloom. Uh, you're gonna find bloom all over your cigars. Bloom me. Uh, yeah, I would say you want to bring that humidity down. To me now, even 72 is too high, but just the scarf feels squishy and like I don't get enough flavor. I know you want to get to your segment. Can we talk about where plume actually exists? Ooh. Real, authentic real plume. Authentic Legit plume. plume. Yes. All right, Billy's found it in the real world, and I said it couldn't be done, but here he I is. I found it. So on a chicken egg, when it is laid, a plume is put around the outside to keep it for it's a natural bacteria mm. to keep other bacterias from coming in and upsetting the egg with inside. Mm. So there's a plume on every egg. Now the United States washes it off and that's why you have to keep it refrigerated. Right. But if you don't wash your plume off, then you can keep your eggs outside of a refrigerator. Okay. There we go. Does that plume. mean the, the egg is well aged? Cause it has the plume. egg is well aged with plume. <laughs> The Drew Estate oh, egg. The Drew Estate egg has plume. Look say, at based on what plume actually is, there's no part of that do I want in my mouth. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm I'm all set. I'm all set on. But that. you like blue cheese? I do like blue cheese. I love blue cheese. <laughs> Steak without blue cheese is almost a crime to me. That's All me right. with horseradish, too. I want to I want to take you guys just through this a little bit and encourage you to at, drop comments and questions. Ask about anything you want. We'll talk about what you guys want to talk about, truthfully. But cigars in a factory, this is something that I've been so excited about because, to me, it's one of the, like, romantic, mysterious, incredible things. And my goal here is to take you guys inside of this process just a little bit. I'm just going to show you a few screenshots here, and then we're going to get to your guys' questions. But <clears throat> there's a huge process to making just one premium cigar like this. Yep. It starts in a it starts in a field. Actually, it doesn't even start in a field. It starts in a in like a greenhouse where they start growing the little saplings of a tobacco plant. And they put these in their massive greenhouses. Some of them seem like they're the size of a football field. They're absolutely huge. They grow these and they grow them from these incredibly tiny seeds. Take a look at this. This is a set. This is the, just the seeds from one pod of a tobacco plant. Oh, wow. There are about 10,000 tobacco seeds in just one gram. 
So the way that they do this, they'll take this right there. And Terrence, leave that up for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll take these seeds right here and they'll put them into like a Folgers coffee can with a bunch of ash. And they'll poke holes in the lid of that coffee can and walk around to the soil in their greenhouse and basically just like use it like a salt shaker to shake it all over the soil in their greenhouse where they start to grow those saplings. Hmm. Thank you, Terrence. You can take that down. You know, getting a tobacco plant to grow is a lot of work. They've gone to incredible lengths to put uh, irrigation down and they're literally drip feeding every sapling when they transplant these to the field. And they'll grow these plants up to 12 to 16 feet tall, My depending goodness. on the type of leaf that they're growing. And then the flavor and that like truly in the field, that's where all of the flavor really starts to come from. Mm -hmm. Sun exposure, what's in the soil, how much water it gets really gives that cigar the nature of like what it is. And of course, that leaf, when it grows, it's going to be green. There's chlorophyll in the thing. And so they'll pick those how from the field. They'll hang them in a curing barn and they turn those leaves from green to brown. You guys have seen pictures of these curing barns with that are filled with leaf hanging from the ceiling. And uh, then eventually they'll take that, bundle it up. Yeah, you had it right, Terrence. Okay, okay. They'll put that into pilon. a pilon. Now, you can't see these pictures if you're listening to the podcast version of this, by the way. Get this show as a podcast wherever you watch podcasts. These pilones are about the size of a small truck, like a Chevy S10. And like they're, they weigh about 2,000 pounds. They'll stack the tobacco like this. And they actually have a ritual for how they stack these leaves together. You can see that they're bound together in bundles, which is called a hand. Mm. And once they stack it like that, something incredible happens. This is the home of fermentation for the leaf. Yes. So that pile of tobacco here will actually heat up all by itself without any external help. They'll cover it. And these things will reach about 120 degrees. And then what happens is the pore in these leaves open up and they start to release everything that would create impact like impurities and imperfections in the flavor. The most notable thing is ammonia, which if you were standing in this room, you could smell. It smells like a cat peed on your upper lip. I mean, it's just really <laughs> powerful, make your eyes water pungent smell of ammonia, but it's all coming out of the leaf there. They'll stack and stack and restack these polones to make sure that the top becomes the bottom, the inside becomes the outside, and then they ferment them again until these leaves are just perfect. It's an unbelievably painstaking process that's done entirely by hand. Billy, if you get some comments from this, I want you to drop, put them up on the screen because I want to make sure that I get those too. Jesse says, no, I will not make out with Back you. to the chlorophyll. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Then after they've done the polones, the, pro the, the leaf actually goes through this incredibly important process called sorting, which is what it sounds like. They sort the leaves. Now, this is the thing that I don't know if it gets enough explanation from cigar makers, but will you throw up that sorting pick there? Yeah, of course. You go. So this is a room. You can see all of these people standing here. And now we're talking about Camacho tonight, the Camacho factory unleashed. But all our pictures are from Placencia because that's where my, my trip was, to Placencia's factory. <laughs> but they literally get these piles of leaf and they're separating these based on what the leaf is, is sort of capable of becoming. Okay. So everybody who grows leaf for cigars is looking to grow wrapper grade leaf. That's what they want. All wrapper grade leaf. But these ladies here will go through every single leaf and feel it for its thickness, for the texture. They'll look at and make sure it doesn't have blemishes on it. It's a good leaf. They'll set aside as much wrapper grade leaf as they can. And then they'll also set aside, you know, binder and filler leaf separately 
And then they've got, they can, they can tell just from the feel of their hands, whether it's a Lajero leaf that grew closer to the top of the plant or whether it's going to be Seiko or Volato. I mean, it's really an incredible job they do of just feeling with their hands, what that leaf has to offer and then setting the thing aside. And okay. this is, this is a pre pandemic, right? Do you believe that there's this many sorters now? I think they got this many sorters now. I think they're working their way back to this. And I don't think they're doing masks in there anymore. But yeah, for a while, rolling cigars was really tough because you couldn't have people this close to each other, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and grab some more comments. Drop your guys' comments down below. Anything you want to know about cigars, humidors, even the process of making cigars in the factory. I got a few more of these I want to take you guys through. But uh, B. Wood Ward 0012 says... How do they keep a uniform taper on the shapes like Salamones? All right, let's go ahead and put up the rolling room picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you right here. So when you see cigars rolled in a factory, you, you're going to walk into a room that's like this. Some of them are a little bigger. Some of them are not so big. But what you're looking at here is rolling pairs. At the table in front there, you got a gal and a guy. They got trays in front of them for cigars. And you've got two draws here. And this is to answer that question. How do they get that like perfect tapered shape? There's a couple of things that they'll do. First of all, you've got to have the right people rolling the right cigar. I'm going to, I'm going to take a Solomon, for example. A Solomon is a figurado that has sort of a bulbous foot and then tapers off to a torpedo at the cap end. Now, a Solomon is a really, really difficult shape to roll. Because like what I'm holding here, this Camacho Factory Unleashed 3, this is a Pareja. Will you pull that down real quick, Terrence? Yes, of course. Sorry. This is a Pareja right here, meaning it doesn't change its ring gauge at any point. It's like completely cylindrical all the way through. A Figurado, like a Salomon or a Perfecto or a Double Perfecto or even a Torpedo, you're right. Getting that consistent taper would be hard. And that's why in a lot of factories, they'll only have a handful of people, maybe two or three or four people that can actually roll a Solomon. And so if they're going to roll however many Solomons that day, they'll pull out their people who know how to roll that size and shape. They'll put the filler together. They'll roll it into a binder. And then they also have a mold, which they'll press the cigars into and then close it and put like a vice on the thing. And then they'll like shape the cigar to exactly what it's going to be. So they do have a little bit of help of getting that consistent shape for every single cigar. But really, at the end of the day, it's up to the roller to be able to put that bunch in their hand and feel the cigar, feel where the soft spots are, where they'll need to fill it out with extra leaf, feel what the ring gauge is going to be. These rollers can actually tell what the ring gauge is going to be by how much leaf is just in their hand when they're rolling it. And so this is, I mean, it's, that's that to me, that's a big part of the art of this. When they mm -hmm. like put the cigar together, there's some, that's the art part where they're actually holding the leaf and feeling and putting the different filler leaves exactly where they need to go to reach a particular flavor profile. All right, Billy, I want to open it up for some questions. Am Not I missing question, anything, Eric? No, I think uh, one thing I would mention uh, because it's been thrown around too much. You said that in the pillones when they're, putting them into their like small hands as it were that's not where the term 300 hands come from right like from Ooh, yeah, from yeah. when it's from seed to actual smoke it processes through 300 different hands from beginning product to end product yeah and that's why a lot of people i think too when they hear it's a premium hand rolled cigar there's so much artistry and craft and heritage that goes into that process that it is i mean it's it's I mean, we were just having the conversation before the show about AI and such like that. It's such a, a handcrafted product. You yep. get some duds, you get some good ones, um, but that's really where the craft comes into it. Mm. And whether you're feeling it or 
um, your special roller, like you were saying with the Perfecto and such, it's normally like only two or three people that know how to roll that size, yeah. making it just that much more like a, that special touch to it. Yes, sir. David S. says, I've known about this for a while, but this is why you always want to treat your cigar with respect because you're paying respects to the people who made it. Yep. And, and truly, you know, in cigar factories, I think that they carry this the best because the guys who own cigar factories, they have so much respect for the people who, who work for them that a lot of these guys, they push the idea that like, if you've ever heard it say, let your cigar die with dignity. If you're done with a cigar, you set it down in the ashtray like this and you just leave it. You don't stamp it out or anything like that. And like some of that is the fact that it just creates a huge plume of smoke. But a lot of that is the fact that these guys to them, this is their culture in a town like Esteli, Nicaragua. There are, I think that there's what, it's like a hundred thousand people there. Who knows how many there are now due to the migration, but like 90% of people in Esteli rely on the premium cigar industry to eat every day. Yeah, like, sure. it's just like, I mean, it's such a, it's a part of who they are and what they do. It'd be like these back in the day when we were making tons of cars in America in Detroit, they had a lot of respect for the car manufacturing yeah, business yeah. because that's what they did in Detroit. Right. Like it was, the, it was part of the blood of those people and what they did. And for cigar people, it certainly is as well. That's a great, that's a great comment. Great point. Go for it, Billy. Next comment right here. This one is from alpha to win. How is a separator a roller or whatever the job trained? Is that a family thing there or where it's passed down? You know, I don't know how much they're passing it down now, mm. but yes, in the past that that's like a thing. Like here's the thing about a cigar rolling job in Nicaragua and Eric could probably speak to this a bit too. You know, you, you go to a lot of Latin American countries and I mean, countries all over the world, you have a hard time finding a, a job with good wages and B, a job with consistent wages. Like there's a lot of countries out there that have got agricultural jobs that come when there's, you know, something to harvest, you know, when there's fruit cutting to be done, then you can work. But when there's no more fruit to cut, then you're sort of out of work. And so I think one of the benefits of a cigar rolling job in a lot of these countries is that you end up with consistent work with a regular paycheck that comes all the time because there's always cigars that need to be rolled. And so for a lot of these people, they want those jobs. Like, I mean, a lot of these cigar factories also have medical help you can get. There's educational opportunities too. So it's like really a, like one of the like upper echelon jobs you can find around there. I know that a lot of cigar factories now have schools where they'll train rollers, but I don't know when they start that. Like I know there was a time when like workers would work to take home tobacco so that they could teach their kids to do this rolling. But again, I, I don't know how that works today. I just know that factories are working to train people as fast as they can because there's always sort of that need. Well, and I, and I think, too, um, it really depends on the factory and the company. Um, like I know of one factory uh, I heard about or a conversation with, they put them through a three-month process of becoming a roller. It's like being trained three-month process. But then there's also that heritage involved as well. I mean, when you have long-standing families that came from Cuba settled in Nicaragua, Dominican. I think that's a, a really good factor. I mean, we've all heard the Cubans, this Cuban, that with cigars, something to really, I think, consider about new world cigars is that a lot of those families that were making excellent tobacco and cigars and products in Cuba have now settled in Nicaragua and the Dominican. And so you have that historical relevance and talent kind of, settling within those countries as well but I, I i do think it depends probably on who the factory is the manufacturer they have their own type of methods as far as i can see of what that looks like in the process absolutely that's a good point yeah 
All right. I want to keep cruising with the episode. We just got a few more minutes here before we head over to the after party. We got party. a quick question. Yeah. Throw it up. Justin Etheridge says, who's the Peaky Blinders extra in the third chair? <laughs> so that's Eric Drazen from Oakland uh, Cigar Society. And he's a rock star. We love him here. He's got an amazing cigar society we, online. On, honestly enough, for our St. Patty's Day, we released a Peaky Blinders themed cigar Ooh. called Bleak Midwinter. It's an nice. excellent, like nice. five by fifty-four, full-bodied, like cigar. But uh, yeah, no, it's just uh, we, we, we're we're experimenting with micro drops and such like that. But it's pretty cool to check out for sure. Good, yeah. Make sure that you follow them online. Okay, uh, I want to keep grabbing your guys's comments and questions. And uh, Billy, throw up the next one here. Mister B Hop says, Tim, do you prefer a box cut? They smoke faster or a cigar round. Sometimes the draw kills me. Thank God for the perfect cigar tool, perfect draw tool. What is your preference? You know, I don't, some people get re, like, they get really into their preference on, you know, the uh, box pressed around. Mm -hmm. Personally, I don't like it. I don't find that it hits me in such a way that I'm like, yeah, I prefer a round cigar more than a box press cigar. I find that there are certain for me, certain wrappers that I'm like way into round or mm. box pressed. And uh like Mexican San Andreas. Mm -hmm. To me, when I see a box press cigar that's Mexican San Andreas, I am like all about that. But then like if if I see Connecticut Broadleaf, I could take it as a box pressed or a round. You know, I typically like round cigars that are, you know, your Habano, your your Habano Rosado, uh, Corojos even. I don't know. From I guess with Stronger, I kind of want a box press. But again, to me, it doesn't really matter. Like if I see a, Me a Mexican San Andreas come out and it's round, for whatever reason, it's just I'm like, I don't know if it's going to be as good. But again, that's <laughs> just like my own personal bias. Have you heard the rumor? I don't know how true it is about like how the box press came about. No, no, tell it. So, so as far as I know, and these are not like cited sources, so I, I can't completely stand behind it, but makes sense is that box press started within Cuba. They would roll the cigar, but while it was still wet, they would press them into their 20 count boxes and they would be such a tight fit when they would yep. close the lid and ship them out. By the time you reach that product, it would be have a soft box press shape to it and it started catching on. So then molds were created to create that box press. You have trunk press, soft box press, dark or whatever. But that's where I've heard where it started from. Straight up. I also like the Wikipedia answer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I heard it started with the El Rey de Mundo back in Cuba. <laughs> just letting you guys know. Straight up. Okay. So, uh, and then uh, just so you guys know, if you want to try something that's come out of the factory, that's new, exciting, and really good, something that impressed me when it landed here at the HQ, the Camacho Factory Unleashed 3. There is a secret code for it, Unleashed 2.5. You can find that on Cigars Daily Plus. And you might want to start heading over there now. Get your place in line because, yeah, it gets a little bogged down when we all go over there. There's usually like hundreds of people jump over, and so our servers uh, get a little tightened down. But Cigars Daily Plus is our place where we make content on our own servers so that we can express ourselves and talk about premium cigars and do what we love as cigar smokers without worrying about what big tech has got to say about it. So uh, CigarsDailyPlus.com will be there. You can learn more about the lineup, and this show will continue on the after party in just a few. But we've got time for just one or two more comments. Let's I got get. two. You got Ooh, two. Well, that's perfect. perfect. This one's from Lil Spitz. He says... What is Thomas Shelby's <laughs> website? <laughs> we can okay, tell you so, on the after party. So officially, uh, 
on the my, after, we my, can talk about selling channels on the after. Yeah, no, we're going to do that. I just, my name is Eric. Tim has been a great, like help to me, sort of a mentor, excellent friend. I started a cigar shop in California about four years ago. Uh, and Tim has walked me through a lot of the process because there's no handbook, as you know, Tim, when you start a cigar shop, how to do this basically right. mm. so, there is a handbook of regulations yes <laughs> which is constantly growing and ever changing yeah especially in california um but we we've been a small cigar shop that we've been slow slowly like growing uh but tim has been instrumental in helping me out and so i have nothing but gratitude and good things to say about the guy because it's been a huge blessing for me and my family but Thank we'll you. answer that on the after party we'll answer that on the after yeah party. you got to go to the after party but oakland cigar society should be a massive giveaway all right <laughs> uh guys oh yeah you said you had one more comment i have one more comment the ohio podcast is that a podcast just about ohio and how much content Super do you guys boring. have on that train Drew carries on there a lot yeah i'm gonna i want to go check that out all about ohio <laughs> <laughs> i'm in <laughs> How can we get our government to respect this industry for our neighbors to the South and for our own enjoyment? Hmm. This is actually a really good question that I've got an answer to. Right now, there is a bill that has been proposed by some Congress people that would exempt premium cigars from FDA regulation, essentially. Now, this bill has about a 0% chance of being ever passed into law because nobody's going to take any segment of the world of tobacco and say, no regulation. But the, the purpose of this bill is that they have to flesh it out. So now what this does is this, and, and they do this every few years, just like the anti-tobacco people come up with these bills that would destroy cigars and they put them out there because they, they want that message going on. But uh, So this bill comes out and the idea is they want to create an awareness among the members of Congress that a premium cigars are a vastly different segment of this world than anything else. Snuff, snuff, dip, chew, cigarettes, all that garbage. Uh, they, it's like premium cigars are so different. You know, uh, I'm not going to make any health claims about cigars. They're not healthy for you. There's a, there is a difference though in the leaf is a little more alkaline rather than acidic. It's handmade rather than machine made. It's only leaf and like cigar glue rather than a lot of chemicals. Like there's a lot to learn about premium cigars that makes them different. And that means that we should understand and treat them differently. And so uh, is there a place where we can get our government to understand this? No, not unless it benefited BlackRock. I mean, if it benefited BlackRock <laughs> or like some major corporation for cigars to be exempt from, from this stuff, then maybe, but probably not. Uh, at the same time, as we look at premium cigars, I think it's a special time right now because Hell, it's 2023 and we're all enjoying premium cigars. It's a freedom and a right that we all have that we should be able to enjoy and uh, want people to be able to continue doing that. And the way that we're going to do that here together is by continuing this on the after party on Cigars Daily Plus. So I'll tell you this. Stay tuned for another great episode of this show next Sunday night. I'll make the announcement about the, the time change again. The following week, there won't be a show on Mother's Day. We'll be moving it to Monday. And then going forward, we'll be going on on Monday nights. And so I want to thank you guys again for hanging out with us tonight. I hope to see you all on the after party where you can go take advantage of the super duper secret code Unleash 2.5. Go check that out. It'll be the best time and way to find out more about Camacho's Factory Unleashed 3. And uh, otherwise, we'll see you guys for another great episode next week. See you on the after party or next Sunday. Okay, bye now. Bye-bye.
Are we back? And we're back. Oh, you snapped and pointed at me this time. That's why I love Terrence. He's on point. <laughs> that is a cue that I can go by. All right. Now, welcome to Cigars Daily Plus. Welcome to the after party. This is where we can talk without having to put on the, the blinders, those peaky blinders that we have to put on <laughs> to, to make sure that, that we don't piss off the internet overlords. So I'll tell you guys a few things that I couldn't say during the regular show. First of all, get 25% off Camacho Factory Unleashed 3. Uh, there's scroll down below this video. There's a link you can click. Use the code Unleashed25. Also, join the Oak Glen Tobacconist Cigar Society uh, and oakglentobacconist.com. Glen with one N, by the way. One end, one, one end, yeah, and, one uh, and go there. You can find American Viking cigars there. Probably some that we don't even have. Uh, well, yeah, I mean that's also partly while being here. We'll be adding. You're gonna be a restocking bit more, some stuff? but yeah, we got some Obrigado, some Gordo from Box Press Rebellion, which I understand is not going to be readily available. Not available ever again. We're getting rid of the Gordo sizes. Ooh, but yeah, we we our membership kind of focuses on that. Like we we do a five pack each month of a custom blend or Vitola of a really good maker within the boutique craft world of cigars. And then similar to kind of how what you've done, Tim, with the live show is the first Thursday of every month, our members jump on and we smoke it all together. We compare notes. We talk about the cigar, talk about the the factory that it comes from. It's more educational, but it's an awesome time to hang out. So it's really cool. Our community is growing and growing and it's pretty awesome. Dude, Fun. I just, yeah, I just like rushed over to the, to the website on the back end of the website, I saw Dalton Miller says, why does the code code as I created on the website before the show, it should be giving you exactly 25% off. It doesn't like you, Dalton. It just doesn't like you, Dalton. The AI hates you. The AI hates you. So <laughs> that code is going to work through tomorrow and it should be giving you exactly 25% off uh, Camacho Factory Unleashed 3 only. Singles, five packs, 10, 20 packs. Get the crate of 100 if you're a lunatic i want uh, one i'll probably get one, wants one so bad I, I feel like the the factory unleashed is like different from a lot of what camacho does but yeah. all in the right ways yes like yeah yeah a, yeah it's a very it's, it's a very different experience but really good really very different good. from the regular camachos and yeah, yeah they do yeah. a good job with it um i'm going to steve Saka this and take over the show go oh, for it shit. because all right, all timothy right. winters asks i went to a whiskey distillery and bought an old barrel i'll be turning into my cigar slash drinking table Ooh. it's awesome this is a perfect plug for billy's bourbon's barrel billy's barrel <laughs> billy's barrel let's go so if you look behind tim Boop. that sweet barrel back there i made that timothy Ooh. so if you got any questions on he how made to the do barrel it, from a tree <laughs> he made metal the barrel. No, the he metal. made. It, he made. He took a, a good bourbon barrel, whiskey barrel from a local distillery, and turned it into this handsome cabinet that you see behind me that holds all the scotch. So, if you got questions, let me know. And I'm all about it. Yeah, there's some good stuff in there. Russell S is uh, says I learned from O. Uh, I learned of OGT from CD. Oh, love you awesome. Well, thank you. See, that's what we like. Thank you. Yeah, dude. And you and you, you said very kind words that you know. Well, that true. we've worked together and yeah. that you know you've sort of you've sort of gotten some advice from me over the years and and i'll say this i want to say this about eric i've talked with dozens of people since we first started cigars daily people who want to start their own cigar shops and some of them have got no clue they can't see the nose to, to spite their face yep. uh and truly eric has got vision and he's got passion and he's got the right stuff and like so of everybody doing this right now, I've got more respect for Eric than just about anybody because he can take a, a 
a piece of advice is just learning from a mistake that I've made at some point and turn it into something really successful. And so I love watching his brand grow. And like, if you're going to get cigars from somewhere, get them from Oakland tobacconist, get them from cigars daily. Like these are like, to me, it's about the character and caliber of a place and a, 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 of a, of a proprietor. And he's got that. Okay. I was talking to a guy on, on the phone earlier this week. And he's like, Tim, I want you to know that in the cigars daily nation, we follow a practice, not a person. Mm. And that and that practice is there. And that's one of the things that Eric exemplifies is excellent practice in his craft. And Eric has Thank razor you. blades in his cap, so it's right. mess with them. Yeah, that's don't right. fu- don't fuck with them. Don't fuck with them. Yeah, that would be a mistake. It's it's the fight off the crazy California laws. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sooner or later, those are gonna be banned. When you, were, when you were talking about bills, there is currently this is not a joke. In the state of California, there is a bill that has been proposed that anyone born after 2007, doesn't matter how old you are, when you get to a certain point. If you're born after 2007, you are no longer available to purchase any tobacco if you live in California. So I've seen a similar Nuts. bill they proposed in New Zealand, yep. which which yes. they were gonna they set the set the age something like 2007, and then increase the age a year every year so that eventually they age every person in their population out of being able to smoke at all, uh-huh. which uh-huh. is just ludicrous. That's yeah, that's the point. Of and it. by the way, a regulatory nightmare. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do on the year when they like, you can't buy tobacco if you're 49, but you can, if you're 50, like you have to, you have to eventually yeah. card every person that buys every single cigar that there is a couple of old dudes. Like, oh, he's only 45. You want he's some tobacco? Got in my coat here. Yeah. 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 Here you go. <laughs> I got my fake ID. Yeah. Could you imagine a 75 year old upset because like his 76 year old friends <laughs> have to buy him tobacco? Can you That's go exactly give me right. a couple of facts exactly, folks? Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, Johnny's going to come. We all get the senior discount, but he's the only one that could buy the cigars. This leads into the next comment from JK Fire122. Okay, but seriously, is Terrence a post 2K baby? Fuck no. <laughs> there we go. 1997. I remember 9 11. I got all of the credentials <laughs> to be a geriatric Gen Zer. Dude, I, it's crazy now. You see these kids that, wait, how old were you when 9 11 happened? Negative. What the fuck? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, Eric Wolfman 6x52. All right, now we can talk about brands. Wolfman 6x52 says, Eric, please tell Tim about your success with Stallone cigars. Ooh, Stallone, please. I have told Tim about Stallone. So this dude, he. I mean, he's also one of those people, and I I know that you've dealt with this a lot, is that unfortunately ego is a problem within this industry sometimes. Mm -hmm. Stallone is not that guy. And he's done custom blends for us at cost because of the tobacco being used, because of the the production that we went in for. It's it's a little too expensive for our membership, but working together, he makes those things happen. Um, And his blends are really good. By the way, he's got a box press. Mexican San Andreas that is Ooh, really that really does good. sound very good. Ooh. So Stallone Stallone is an up and coming dude, uh, and I I think he's worth checking out. Dude, I, I look at most boutique brands the way that a lady of the night would look at a guy with cargo shorts. <laughs> There's just not a lot there for me. I you know I truthfully I, I and 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 it's not true of all boutique brands. It's not mm-hmm. like I know Stallone makes good cigars. I've right. met the guy who does Stallone. Yeah. And uh, he gave me a, like a variety box of cigars. I smoke through them, but I always get those, these new brands that come in and I'm like, I just need to watch this brand for a year and see, is it going to grow? Is it going to mm. plateau? Is it going to go away completely? You know, so many of them don't last past 18 months. Yeah. It's hard yeah. to know. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of like Stallone, 
Uh, oh, we had conversations about Blackbird too. Blackbird, mm, yeah. yeah. I I didn't do Blackbird for years because I wasn't sure. And the yeah. I mean, Blackbird was one of the few that was like really successful. American Viking, it's a great boutique brand. Great brand. Yeah. They can get their cigars. American Viking <laughs> still like at our shop holds League of Zebra is like the barber pole king at our shop. Shouts yes. out League of Zebra. Yes, it's just sir. too bad we don't have any right now. Yeah, but... that's a shame. <laughs> I wish I had some too. I went I went gangbusters on the on the most recent factory order. I ordered a lot. Like good. good. I ordered a lot. Can I be real with you all? Please. Please. Up until about a minute ago, I thought it was Stallone, and I was really hoping it was like Sylvester Stallone doing cigars. <laughs> Adrian, Adrian, <laughs> dude, Easy E is like, what's wrong with cargo pants? <laughs> yeah, I'm literally wearing cargo pants right now with like 17 pockets on. And how many times have you been solicited by a lady in the night? Uh, I have been in a relationship for a while, so not very often. Good answer. Dude, I have to tell you guys about the lady night that I met in Las Vegas. Just, I went to TPE and I uh I went down from my hotel room on her. Wait, what? To get <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Terrence. Thanks for bringing that full circle back to middle school. I like and it. Allison's watching. Um so I went down to the hotel lobby to get like some milk for cream for my coffee because the fridge in our room didn't work. So I got like I was all I was all set. We went and I brought a coffee maker because I didn't want to buy, I didn't want to spend $50 for coffee to Spend have in delivered to room. We're staying in line for four hours. So I get, so I brought this coffee machine. I brought coffee and I bought a little milk when we got there. And when I got to the room, that the refrigerator didn't work. So my milk went bad. So I go down to the hotel at lobby. It's like seven o'clock in the morning. And I walk out and there's a lady in a, in a very tight fit evening gown. And she comes over and she grabs me by the arm. And she looks at me with these, with this like really kind of like cracked out look. She's like, what can I do for you, baby? What do you need? And I was like, nothing. <laughs> milk. Milk. <laughs> you got 2%. <laughs> I was like, I, and I like, Hey, I, I would never call a lady up to my room for any reason anyway. But I looked at her, I was like, nothing at 7am. Like, what the hell are you trying to do here? And she just, she had my arm. She wasn't letting go. And I'm like trying to pull away. And I finally pulled my arm away. And then I turned all the way around and she vanished like a ghost. Like it never <laughs> happened. And I was just like, that was the craziest shit that's ever happened to me in a hotel. She was a Batman. She was like, what can I do and you for know, you? Yeah, And you know what? I probably shouldn't talk shit about people with cargo pants. Because when that happened, I was wearing pajamas and slippers. <laughs> I was just wearing my house slippers. Can She's we, like, you look like you got money. I was like, I don't. Yeah. Can we also talk about that you've hit that age in your life that when you go to Vegas, you're going down to get milk, milk. at seven o'clock <laughs> in the morning. I'm like, not more bottles, not, not more, anything, not fun. a lady of the night, not milk. more bottles, 2% milk. Yeah. It milk. hits like nine o'clock in Vegas. And I'm like, wow, I have stayed out late. I am partying at this point. Uh, let's see. Jay Dilly Dilly says, do you have to be bald to become a cigar professional? No, no, not at all. Have He's got hair. I don't hat. know. It's it's hidden. It's, it's hidden. Oh, yeah, you'll never know. I could have this like complete horseshoe. Going but on. I'll say being bald and having a goatee does definitely help. Mm, okay. Does that make you the Michael Jordan of cigars? Ooh, no, I don't <laughs> think it does. I mean, but Michael Jordan who, had a nice fade in his Jordan freshman year, or, or his uh, his his rookie year. That's true. Who is the Michael Jordan of cigars? Saka. Yeah, I mean. Who other than Sokka could be? They're about the same physical conditioning. Yeah, group. no, they, yeah. <laughs> they both look like they could run a similar layup. Yeah. So, yeah. All uh, right. Timothy Winters, back to my show. Billy, thank you. <laughs> Is there a site I can ask questions about what you did with the barrel or just on the Facebook page? You can go to the Facebook page and Tim will relay that to me. Because <laughs> yeah. I am you not do not have Facebook. Terrence. 
Terrence is on there. He finally got accepted, right? But I haven't looked at Facebook in about three months. We can get you ask somewhere. You can chat in. What's the email here? Hello, Hello at Cigars Daily. Tim will forward that to me, and I'll yeah, help you if out. You, you can also in. message me on Instagram at Takufu, T-E-K-U-F-U, no offense, and I'll relay the message to Billy. Yeah. I have his number. I just don't do social media, and I don't actually have a website for Billy's Barrel. So, But yeah, just message someone here, and we'll yes, get you taken we'll get care of get, get the message to us. We'll get it to where it needs to go. B Detroit says, Tim, I call them Lady of the Night, LMAO. Yeah. Even though we're on our own website, I don't just feel like that. Ah, hookers. <laughs> Street whores. No, because <laughs> then my wife corrects me. She's like traumatized women, Tim. And I'm like, okay, all right, fine. Traumatized women. You're no fun. That's uh, a very Allison thing to say. Yeah. Escort is good too. But Cody I- said, what was the site that did that that did was talking about with the community stuff? So, so we've got the Cigars Daily Nation Facebook group. I think it's the largest Facebook group for cigars now. It's kind of cool. I'm not aware of one that's bigger. Uh, And then where would people find and join the Oakland Cigar Society? That that's actually on our website on our landing page, just oaklandtobacconist.com. And like when you like scroll just half a page down, you'll see like join the OGT Cigar Society. Um, But it's really like an exploration into custom boutique like cigar enthusiast type thing. But the community is awesome. Like we have more members out of uh, our state, out of our lounge um across country and we meet first thursday uh, of the month on our youtube channel we smoke the same cigar together we compare notes and it's, it's pretty cool dude if you like if you guys really want to geek out that's a that's a community to get into yes. what i what i do is is really different than what you do mm-hmm. like what i do is i'm i'm looking to bring you guys sort of what's going on in the cigar industry and a lot more mainstream like central to the mainstream cigars. Like I'm talking about the latest Camacho thing. You don't even have a Camacho thing in your shop. I don't. But if you guys want to get the like the latest, greatest, like hard to find black label trading company limited release, it's he's the, the guy to get it from. And I don't like don't even have black label. So I've discontinued so many boutique brands out there. That if you you've got to know about these guys like Eric who have got this like fine tuned stuff and can tell you everything about it. And so that's like, it's definitely a different, we, we run in a bit of different lanes there and yeah. he does a really good job of, of owning that space. Yeah, no, it's, it's really cool. Two different sides of the, I mean, the, as much as it's a tight knit community, the cigar industry, it's also really big. And especially after the COVID boom, there's so many different facets to it. So yeah, it's, it's kind of like the other side of the coin, but it's really cool. Our cigar puddles turning more into a cigar pond. Now We're there's a lot of pond. fish. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of fish. American yeah. Savage. Billy, do you have one you want to read? I'll read American Savages if you don't have another one. Mine is about me, so you can do yours about your own show. <laughs> Big shout out to everyone at Cigars Daily. Mine was about everyone, Billy. Oh. Uh, Tim, do the cigar factories allow public to visit? I'm thinking of planning a trip to Nicaragua for my 40th birthday. Happy birthday. And the answer to your question is yes. Um, there was a period of time where the cigar factories learned that if they have you come to their factory, you will become like a... a patron saint of their brand you'll love their brand because you really get an incredible experience so yeah you can go to just about any factory uh you can call the brand and typically set something up and if you're going to nicaragua and honduras where that where safety for americans is not the highest it's ever been there you know going with these factories comes with the added benefit of you got a place to stay there's it's safe it's secure they'll show you everything in the factory and you typically leave with a really good look at how one brand does it Mm. so you just got to kind of pick the brand that you want and see if they're doing factory tours right now or when they're going to do one 
like Camacho does Camp Camacho. They typically Ooh. do it in the first quarter of the year, and you can go down and stay at the Camacho factory in Honduras, and it's just awesome. Like uh, they do a really cool thing there. You get to do some of the blending uh, yourself, and like it's all great. Like a lot of these places will let you create your own cigar while you're there, Ooh. and then even go home with a few of them. So yeah, if you can get to it, do it. I mean, I. I really want to go back. My goal is to go back, spend five days down in Nicaragua and do videos at a different brand's factory every day. Yeah. And so I just got to figure out when I can get down there and set it up with five factories and then come back with just a just a boatload of content to you share need with you. Terrence and I to go with you. I've been yeah. saying this cigars <laughs> daily's yep. voice yep. trip. Let's do it. <laughs> content. I'll have the camera on my shoulder. It's gonna be like a newscast. It's gonna be great. Does Tim have the cameras on his shoulders? I don't have <laughs> the camera that I take is this. This is the camera that I take because Yo, that I can DJI just, is fire. Yeah, I'm just like, hold on while I whip this out and then I turn it on and then it just it goes absolutely bonkers. Okay, uh, let's see. Back Billy, to what we want to talk back about. Back to what we want to talk to about. Billy show. Jeff Jetter, you can reach Billy at hashtag Sharoots. So just put in your <laughs> subject line, hashtag Sharoots, it'll get to me. Or hashtag El Rey de Mundo. I'm on there every single day and I'll be able to get that over to, to Billy. B Detroit Love Cigars says, Tim, I'm bald. The Dominatrix, I think he says Dominatrix, thought I was you, kidding. She wanted to spank me. Vegas is wild. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Vegas is wild. That's that crazy place. Dude, can I tell you guys my, my craziest hooker story ever? Do Please. it. All right, kid. This is a good one. It's the after party. So I was in. Uh, Traumatized women. By the keep way. dropping your guys' com comments down below, but this is this is mine. I was in India. And we would go to a train station every, this is a missionary trip. And I'm with like five other guys from around the United States and parts of Europe. And we go to this train station where there was these boys who would do fruit cutting. And uh, we would like, you know, try to minister with them. I liked to fight them. I would meet them in the parking lot, wrestle around with them and push them into cars and stuff. And they liked that a lot too. But one day we went to the train, train station and they were not there. And so I couldn't fight with my, you know, street kids and then share the gospel with them. So we're walking around, praying, just walking around the train station. And a lady of the night approached us. And she said, uh, essentially through our translator, she offered us a group rate. Huh. And we yeah. were like, well, no, we're not really here for that. We're, we're here to bring, you know, some of the good news. And our translator is trying to relay to her. And so as she's talking to us, some cops come over. And they accuse us of soliciting prostitutes which we were not doing. We were just trying to have a conversation, maybe share some of the good news. But these police wanted a bribe because what they saw was Anglo-Saxons. And so they start making this accusation of us. And uh, I, I'm asking the, the translator, I was like, what are they saying? He says, oh, they're, they're just trying to solicit a bribe. Let me talk to them. And I grabbed my wallet and I was like, how much do they want? I'll bribe these cops to go away. We're just here to do a job. And he puts his hand on my wallet. He goes, no, we don't do that. And I was like, stop being so fucking principled, James. Like, I'm, I'll pay these guys whatever they want to pay to go away. They're cops. They don't make a lot of money. Let's just go ahead and give them give them some money. And so they, so my translator is trying to keep me from bribing the cops. The cops want to bribe. They see me with the money and I go to put my wallet away. And they start like putting my friends up against the fence. And they start to frisk us. And one of the guys is pulling out his, uh, his cuffs to start cuffing us. And I was like, this is not good. I just want to go back to my hotel after this is done. And the, the girl, uh, I would tell you her name, but I don't want to besmirch anyone because she had the same name as a certain vice president that I'm aware of of the United States. Uh, I only remember her first name. Uh, 
and uh, she jets the second the cops get there. So these cops go to start arresting all of us. And I was like, what do I do? Like, they're going to just take my wallet anyway. I wish I could willingly give them this money. And then all of a sudden we hear the little voices of these street boys who weren't there previously. They had just shown up from the fruit cutting job and they swarm around us in the parking lot. They're very used to us because we had been there every week, sort of like messing around with them and playing around. And they swarm us shouting this one word in their native tongue. I don't remember what the word was. And these cops backed off faster than I've ever seen two cops back <laughs> off of anything before. And they just put their hands up, backed off and walked away. And then the boys are like tugging on our pant legs and like playing with us. And, and I looked at my translator and I said, what just happened? And he said, these boys were all running up shouting that, that it was called Karnada or whatever their, their local dialect uh, was of Hindi. They were shouting the word for minister, pastor, priest, essentially. Wow. And they were shouting it as loud as they could. Pastor, pastor, minister, minister. And now here are these cops that look like they're arresting a bunch of ministers. <laughs> and so the cops just gave up and walked away. And literally these homeless boys that live at the train station, they carry people's luggage for spare money. And they saved us from getting arrested by these cops. So what you're wow. saying is you just got to street fight everybody to spread Jesus. You just got to street. You fight got a fight club yeah, to be dude. able to get out of cops. See, okay. That was one of my favorite times ever. Cause it was like the challenge that they gave us with these boys that were at this train station was minister to these kids. And we don't speak the same language and we only had one translator. So like some of the guys are trying to play patty cakes with them. And I was like, I'm not playing patty cakes with street <laughs> kids at, in India. That sounds dumb. And so the way it literally started for me is I saw these two kids horsing around in the terminal of this train station and they were like pushing each other. And I was like, I can do that. And I was 19 <laughs> years old and three feet taller than any of them. So I walked over to one of the kids and they stopped pushing each other and they both looked up at me and I just pushed the kid. <laughs> <laughs> and then I pointed at him. I was like, India. And then I pointed at myself and I was like, Pakistan. And his eyes got really wide and he grabbed me by the hand and he pulled me out of the front door of the train station down into the parking lot. And then he just puts his hands up like this. <laughs> and I was like, now I'm speaking this language. We're speaking each other's language. So I push him and he pushes me back. And within five minutes, I got 30 of these young kids surrounding me in a circle, charging me at every angle. Only one of them pulled out a knife while I was there. But oh. other, other than that, it was like really great. It's like, yeah, that was like, Personal that was crusade. Like, <laughs> I did, I did church ministry for 15 years. That was easily my favorite thing I ever did in church ministry. It was like amazing. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jay, Clifford said, I could see that being a movie storyline. I'd watch it. Yeah. It was, was RRR part two featuring Tim Swanson. <laughs> Jay Dilly Dilly has been asking about 14 different ways to try and find out where American Viking is made. And this is the most clever. He said, we, can we tour the factory where American Viking cigars are made? Mm. Yes. In he just fact, wants to know where American Viking is made. So, so yeah. So I liken it to this. The factory is the factory I would always want to work with. Um, they asked me not to say who they were politely, and I politely agreed. So for me, this would be like if you were in high school and you were dating Tiffany Amber Thiessen, and she's like, just please don't tell anybody about it. You would still date her. And you would never tell anybody about it because you want to date Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Now, is it just that you can't say it and other people can? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how this works. I just, can I, I want give that them a hint. I want that relationship to stay good. Yeah. But if you, if you, but I do have a, a full 
series of videos at the factory that makes American Viking cigars on my YouTube channel. I saw channel. some pictures recently. Yeah, there were some pictures. There were some, some pictures, pictures, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it rhymes with placenta. Okay. Let's rhymes. <laughs> I mean, I don't like, I don't know how to like every, like people know at this point, like people kind of get it. And so I yeah. think it's kind of general knowledge out there, but you know, you never know what to, you never know how, how far you're going to go. And again, on plus, like we just, we want to give you guys the best info we can. The proof is in the pudding. I mean, you smoke an American Viking cigar, you taste the quality of it, the construction, mm -hmm. the proofs in the pudding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is from Mark F minister of the leaf. Ooh, that's like a uh, machine gun preacher. Remember yeah, when Russell Crowe yes. did that? You just got to do that with cigars. Cigar preacher. Cigar There's preacher. a lot. There are churches that do that. They meet like in a cigar shop or something like that. I always respect so, that. So what stuff. you do is you come out with three different cigars, mm. one called the pusher, one called the pastor, and one the lady of the night. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is a great line. <laughs> that is a great lineup right there. I'm all about that. Communion of the Communion leaf. of the leaf works beautifully. B right Detroit there. says, uh, if Tim was an actor, he'd be Edward Norton from Fight Club. Yes. Dang, the story is the shit. Uh, broke the first rule of Fight Club. Yeah. I so first of all, only like Edward Norton in that I don't realize that my second alter ego is my schizophrenic other person. <laughs> Tyler Durden. But I care I'm curious, who would who would play you in the movie of yourself? Mm, I don't know. Probably someone that doesn't really look good on camera. Yeah. <laughs> but oddly enough, we released a cigar called the Tyler Durden. Ooh, did you really? We did. We did. Whoa. It was it was a San Andreas Maduro. Fire. And I, this company is super, super small out of Miami. He sends me this sample, and it is the most gnarly looking wrapper leaf ever. I was like, oh, man, this is ugly. And yeah. I was like, I, eh, we got a sample, whatever. About like half an inch in, I was like, this is gold. Yeah, this mm. is so good. You find some gems like that. there's a, and there's a lot of cigars like that that you light them up and right away you're like, ah, no. And then after like a half an inch, you're like, oh, OK, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. Tim, who would you have play yourself in a, in a in I a don't know, thing? dude, probably someone like truthfully, everybody thinks like The Rock or Vin Diesel or like I, somebody, I can see Vin Diesel being a cigar salesman. You'll for a, for me, it would be somebody that captures my nervousness and like the anxiety that I feel like I carry around. And so like legitimately, like maybe Kevin Hart. <laughs> I was gonna say Michael Sarah maybe. Yeah, it might, yeah Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah would be good because he's just like I like. I feel like the, like with cigars daily. Here's the thing: like people are always like, "Hey, thanks for what you do for the industry and congratulations on your success." I feel like the dog that chased the car and caught it now doesn't know what to do with it. Like I, I'm always like I like I every day I come in and I just worry about everything all the time. Maybe maybe it's like a Robin Williams thing. Like you get on stage, just yeah, and then at the end you're like. <laughs> that, and that, that is authentically how i am like outside outside of this i've just got like after the show these guys know i'm just kind of like Ugh. well before the show and after the show yeah, there's a the different show, tim yeah there's antsy. a different tim david says you know what would be a great uh great name for a religiously themed cigar holy water cigars oh there you go the holy okay. water you could you could totally make a story how you ferment the tobacco it's yep. blessed yep it's, it yeah. never loses its humidity it never loses its humidity. It's always perfectly humidified. That'd be a hard sell. It's always point. at 69. Just Joe said, did Tim ever name the cigar he had made for him? He had a video from TPE a while ago. Yeah, that's the one we're doing with Blackbird. Uh, it's going to be called the Cactus Wren. It's going to be available you know, for our Arizona State bird, and it's going to be coming out probably in about a month. Mm. I think that we're getting pretty damn close. No, I keep mean, texting. Aaron still have not had it. Yes, I know. I know. I, I didn't get enough of them. We got them. Uh, Lou Ashby says Tim and Samuel Samuel Jackson team up, and you know what the <laughs> and you will know the name of the Lord. Yes, but I don't think John, John Travolta couldn't play me in a movie. 
He's got too much hair. Yeah. He not, well, not right now. He's He's been bald. He's been bald for a oh, while. Oh, okay, okay. I believe that Nicolas Cage could do it because I believe he's got one of the most dynamic acting ranges of anybody in Hollywood. I was going to bring him up because he played himself. In he, the, play, you play he played, yeah. Nicolas Cage played himself in, in the unbearable weight of, what oh, is it of called? massive talent. Of massive talent. Yeah. This is one of the greatest movies I have ever good. seen. It's it was, good. And, it, and it's like they're making a movie about them making a movie about this character-driven plot. And that's what it is. <laughs> this is character and dialogue-driven plot that's just brilliantly executed. This is totally off subject. But what's the Nicolas Cage movie where he's the warlord? Is it Warlord? Uh, Lord of War. Lord of War. Did you watch that? <laughs> no, I've been trying to find it. And I need to watch it because you were talking about it the other day. Yeah, no, that's like one of the best movies ever based on a true story. Lord of War. Oh, if you haven't seen it, watch it. Okay, guys, I've blown our time for tonight. And uh, this week, my wife's on vacation. So I'm single parenting. So I'm going to get home to my boy. And uh, so thank you guys again for hanging out with us. Stay tuned for another great episode next week. And uh, this is Tim and the whole crew here. We're signing off for Cigars Daily. Don't forget to get 25% off that Camacho Factory Unleashed 3. I don't think you'll regret it, especially if you're into a chocolatey, rich, robust, creamy cigar. Yes, sir. So look for that. Scroll down below this video and you will find it. Thank you guys again. Stay tuned for another episode next Sunday. And then going forward after that, Monday night will be our new time slot for Cigars Daily Live. Have a great week, everybody. See you all next Sunday. And on behalf of everybody here, thank you guys. And make sure you join Oakland Tobacconist Cigar Society. Thank you I very say much it, and live your fucking life. I say it that way, by the way, because I want to include the tobacconist thing. It's just Oakland Tobacconist Cigar Society. Is that right? OGT Cigar Society. All right. Thank yep. you, guys. Have a great week. Live your fucking life.